thanks for joining us on Growing Up on Death Row at 17. Tell us about yourself. My name is George Williams. I'm 72 years old. Just got out of prison last year after doing almost 50. And how was it that you became released? Is it because you had served enough time? What happened? <laughs> really, man, it's strange. It's because I've been in too goddamn long. <laughs> Do <laughs> 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 the parole board told me, he said, hey, man, he said, man, you, you a dinosaur, man. We don't have nobody in, in, in the Department of Corrections. In the Department of Corrections, anymore, we've been locked up since the 70s. He said, it's, it's far and few. He said, man, we got to let you go, man. How many times did you go before the parole board from 72 till you were released? Man, I went up there. I went up about sixty times. Mm. See, they they got this new parole board. They, they bust the parole board out. They were playing games with dudes. You can pick a certain number or say a certain word. They'll give you parole, but you will never know what that number word is. And this female was on parole board. She went and told all they were playing dudes on the parole board. So I guess. I guess I never did say the right word or number. Give me an example, like for, <laughs> give me an example, like one of the words you would give, and it would be the wrong one. No person mm-hmm. that will say. By me already coming up there halfway mad, you've been coming up that stem eighty or ninety times. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, David. He ain't lying because when they busted out, that was like in two thousand and. Man, 13, 14 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, when they yeah. bust the parole board out, basically what they were doing was they'll throw a nursery rhyme and you yeah, have to answer yeah. a certain way. Or they'll throw a number, or give me a number one to one one to fifty. And you say the yeah. wrong number, whatnot, you didn't get parole, and they'll set you back. You know what I'm saying? And they had a big thing about it because a lot of people in the parole board actually lost their jobs and got fired. Yeah, yeah. well they should I have. Tried, yeah, no, I right. tried to file the thing on them. Uh, uh, so when you take a parole board, you take an oath. See what I'm saying? You have to take an oath. And if you break that oath, you're under some kind of penalty of law. They should, right. be, they should have been punished by law to go to jail because they're playing with people's lives. They were playing with people's lives. And I tried to file to go back to the board to get me out. They, they told me that was dead. It wasn't that happening with that. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you something, George. The last time he did, it was a little white dude, and he'd been down for like 30-something years. And he went up and they told him his exact words was, well, if you was to come home one day and your grandmama was in the house with your best friend dancing and having to have sex, what would you do? And he answered it a certain way and they set him back five years. But the female that was up there was like, man, listen, this is not giving people parole or thinking about their freedom. This is playing games with people's lives. And these are the things they did and they did it for years before they actually were bust out. They did it for decades, man. They're yeah. doing that for yeah, decades. What was the craziest question they might have asked? The craziest question they asked me uh, was this old white lady. She was on there. Her name was, uh, was Barbara. And she been knowing me ever since I've been going up for parole since I was going up for parole since 73. And every time I went up there, she was up there. She asked me, she said, damn, George. She said, how come you ain't married? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I said, I said, say that again, you know. <laughs> He said, why you ain't married? I said, because uh, I, I ain't got no contact with no females or nothing. Right. I said, what marriage got to do with me and the parole board? She said, oh, I'm just wondering. I said, damn, these people are very crazy. If it's based on that, <laughs> yep, you're not ever getting out. 
1972, what happened? What put you in jail in the first place? I had a lounge. I robbed this lounge, murder and robbery on the lounge. Yeah, it was a big shootout in there. Back then, if I was committing a felony, and the actor committing a felony, somebody got killed, they would give me the, or you the case. Right. So in other words, I'm saying that we had a shootout, and then my partner got killed. They gave me and my other partner the case on that murder. But you didn't shoot your partner. Somebody else shot him. Yeah, the police. Wow. So don't act a felony back then. If you had a shootout, the police, the police killed you. I get your murder because I'm committing an act of felony. That's crazy. And then after, yeah, after that process, we got 25 years. So you got 25, but you did 50. So what else happened? We got caught. I got caught up on the guard murder. Falsely charged on the guard murder. In 1775, you know, they gave me another, like I said, another second degree murder. They gave me 99 years. Mm. Yeah. Do that case, that, do when I caught that, when I was false accused of that guard murder, our case was the case that reestablished the death penalty. Brought the death penalty back. Oh, because they, the, they did take the death penalty out then. Yeah, my case was the case that reestablished, brought it back. They brought Damn. the death penalty back where you could execute yeah. someone. Yeah. That's the only reason why I didn't get the death penalty. Because they didn't oh, have they... the state at that time. So in okay. 76, they reinstated the death penalty, saying they didn't want to kill a police officer or a guard or another inmate. They're entitled to the death penalty. That's why you see people go to death penalty, they kill police or kill a guard or another inmate. Okay, it was because of your case that they reestablished the death penalty, but they didn't put you under the death penalty. No, because they didn't have it then. Okay, they now we're back on the right track. They didn't have it. Okay, yeah, they didn't that have makes it. sense now. Do you remember the, this specific incident? What were you doing that day when everything went down and then they came to you and accused you of murdering the I remember that day. I was over there. And, uh, it was a hall called G Hall. No, mm -hmm. L was L Hall. I was over there, I was skating over there to shoot crap, to shoot dice. Right. And this dude came to this dude, a partner of mine came to me and said, damn, man, he said, oh, God, this guy killed. I said, man, you bullshitting. He said, no. Nah. He said, go down there and look in the cell. I go down there and look up under the bunk. Man was laying down there up under the bunk dead. So I got my little money from the crap game and try to go out the door. And this guy named Coven, he stopped me and said, damn, George, he said, what you doing over here? I told him, I just come over to pick up some line and went back over there and crossed the hallway, my hallway, where I was in the L. So later on that night, that's when they came to my cell, you know, told me to turn around and handcuff. I turned around and handcuff and asked me what I was doing over there in the hall and stuff. I told him I never was over there in the hall. You saw all that unfolded, man. Did they have cameras at that time, George? No, they didn't have no cameras. So you had no way They picked up. They picked up nine of us on that case in which we had um, a, a support committee called, we were called the Missouri Nine. Remember that case, Missouri Nine? Yeah, I remember Missouri Nine. That. Yeah, it was the Missouri Nine. It was, it was nine that they picked up on that case. And two of us was charged on that. It was me and Jackson Hill, Cornell. We the two were charged on that. I was, I got charged because I was over there. I couldn't really explain why I was over there. Some white dude named Mousy O'Brien 
said that he heard me tell everybody to get the knives and I was passing out the knives to the dude and, and paid everybody $200 and a whole bunch of, you know. Wow. So they call it the Missouri Nine, but only two people were charged. I don't, I'm under, yeah. I'm not understanding. Yeah, I, they charged me for it because I was over there. Can they really explain why I was over there? And I really couldn't tell who did it. They charged, they charged Cornell. What I heard, they charged Cornell because Cornell supposed to have the man watch. When you, when you get off, when you get off, you got to turn your radio in. And he was a lieutenant. He never turned his radio in. Plus, he was a diabetic. He never did go get his meal or the shots. Never wondered where, where was he at. Mm-hmm. So when they had called, I don't count time. They was they were counting everybody and looking. And this dude, this dude named what's his name? Gill, Drake Gill. Ronald Drake Gill. I had the paperwork. Yeah, Ron Drake Gill. He, he flagged a guard off and told them he wanted to go see the ward. He knew where the guard was at. So he they take him to the ward and off. He told them that the guard was dead under the bunk over there in, over there in the hall. Damn. Did they ever find out who yeah, really did it? Yeah, I think they knew who did it all along. They didn't use us as, as brothers as a scapegoat. It was this white dude named uh named, named Bobby? He confessed to it. He told him how he did it and everything. They told him he was crazy. So I did some research on this case. He was in jail for killing the old dude. This is his landlord for stabbing his landlord to death. So he already mm. had a pattern of stabbing people. Old people. Old mm. people. Like Lieutenant Ackie, he was an older dude. Wow. <clears throat> Did you, obviously, you so didn't I have a good public up. defender. Nah, we, they, they got some, they got this other, this committee got us a lawyer. Dude, man, he, they going on, uh, he a black dude. We're going to go with him. I don't want them all. Stereotype basis. And that man, that dude didn't do nothing, man. After that, I stayed in solitary confinement, man, for about, I stayed in solitary confinement about 18, 19 years. Damn. You know, man. You know, they sent me out of state. They sent me out of states. I went to a uh, first state, I went to Leavenworth, Kansas. They sent me to Leavenworth. See, during the process, out of state, the state you come from, they had to pay the state that you're going to. A certain amount of money every month. Now Missouri, Missouri was scamming these people. They got so far much of in debt where they couldn't be the one gonna pay the people no way. They're trying to me out of there and send me to another place and scam them. And I went from Leavenworth and I went to Murray, Illinois, federal prison. There, I got <clears throat> you probably heard about them when that dude trying to land that plane on the yard and the cop killed him and his girlfriend. That the helicopter, right? Yeah, they said I was caught up in that. They sent me to Jackson, Michigan State Prison. Hey, I've been going. What was the purpose of moving you around? See, back then, back then, Missouri didn't have all the prison they had now. Back then, on the prison they had was I was a Mobley in the walls in Pacific. So okay. I couldn't go to Pacific or Mobley because they were level two and level one. Level two and level one, I was a five. And plus, when they sent you out, to another state prison out of that state. Since they can't kill you themselves, they're hoping that the boy over there seeing you, somebody there will kill you. That was the whole purpose again. That's the whole purpose of the state transfer. Yeah. Yeah, it's hoping you do something to somebody and they just kill you and be through with it. 
Yeah. Yeah. How many times were you attacked, if any? I ain't never been attacked. I ain't never been. I ain't never been attacked by no other inmates. No, it's a good thing. It's a blessing. Yeah, but they uh, they fabricate your files when you get there to another joint that make the people don't want to don't want to fuck with you. Know? <laughs> 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 now, now I went to Leavenworth. Yeah, Leavenworth East Leavenworth niggas was there really FBI agents. Mm-hmm. On federal prison, state prison, like federal state penitentiary, U.S. prison. You go to one, you in all of them. So he called me to the office. He said, "Damn man, he's saying I got your file, man. I don't think we want. We might not want to keep you here." I said, "What's up?" He said, "Man, they said that uh, you was uh, you was blackmailing people. You know, you was uh, kidnapping people and strong-arming people." And I said, "Man, dang!" I said, "Man, where you where you get that at?" They been hearing your files. I said, man, come on, man. He said, yeah, man, we reading your files. We thought you was a big old dude or something. I said, no, man. I said, man, they're fabricating that, man. (laughs) (laughs) What uh, of all of them, George? So they kept me. They kept me me in two buildings. That's where the solitary confinement was like in two buildings. They kept me in two buildings for about two months to analyze me. Then they sent me on out in general population. Uh, of of all the ones you went to, what was the worst prison in terms of conditions? All, all of them were better than MSP. We, what's I like MSP? Arizona. Huh? Huh? What's MSP? MSP. Missouri State Prison, Jefferson oh. City. That's what they called it then. MSP. Okay. Missouri State Penitentiary. But you say all of them are worse than Missouri? No, all of them were better than Missouri. Oh. Okay. Like the best one I liked it was when I was in Arizona. So you didn't mention that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Arizona. George, you went so many places you forgot. <laughs> no, I've been, yeah, I've been, I didn't stay. We didn't stay in Arizona that long. No way. Was Cornell with you? Nah. Uh-uh. Cornell. I left Cornell in uh, Leavenworth. They sent me from Leavenworth to Marion. Okay. Because uh, when you're federal joint, they if they want to fuck you around, they sent you see all these translates. You know, they can ride you for a year. For the penitentiary, penitentiary, for for almost two or three years, when they get through one, when they get tired of fucking with you, send you back where you came from. Then all your mail got to catch up with you. What are some of the good traits that you feel that you brought away from being incarcerated, if anything? Brother, there's a lot of things you can, don't nobody want to be confined in jail, but you got some, you get, you got some benefits in jail once you go on and uh, apply yourself, once you, Get out that out that old penitentiary game, but you guys, uh, I learned uh, I learned uh, better wisdom, better patience, and I learned how to carry myself in a proper, productive manner when I'm around people, right the right people. Learned that everything, I learned that everything no consistent violence no more. It's about thinking. And if you have to hurt somebody, it's best to walk away. Cause you no know, tell what might not for he might hurt you. But if you walk away and he attack you, then you're justified to defend you. No, I learned I learned that whatever been made gonna be unmade. What's been the biggest adjustment coming out, George? 
The bigger judgment I came out, I came out of prison, David. Man, I think these people out here some wisdom and knowledge. They come to find out these people out here ain't, out here ain't that bright. They seem like right. they call up on all the thing they call up on is material. They seem like they ain't got the essence of. Or the philosophy of a being life consists of life, don't consist of a little material thing of being standless. You know, you know, these people, these people, they kind of crazy, you know, and bright as I thought they were gonna be. You know, it was almost like a letdown, man, like a setback. There you were, I went through it. Yeah, here you in jail, you betting yourself, you reading. These educated books and bettering yourself to come out here and back into society. But all the time you educate yourself, you smile the steps ahead of the people out here in society. And when you speak to them, they look at you like you a nut. What the hell are you talking about? So, you know, they missed the and, whole And you're the one talking society. with sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but one thing I can say, he's true about that because that's one thing I experienced out here. It's a lot of things to where. You figure we in prison, we going through this lockdown, as said, this brutal type of mentality with the guards, with other inmates. So we get a chance at freedom. So basically what we do is educate ourselves to where, okay, now you got to deal with society. You ain't dealing with no fools no more. So get out here, try to build a life for yourself, get you a female, you settle down and do all these things here. But to come to find out, it backlash on you. You get out here, you deal with people. Most people's ideology is money, greed what they can get from you, how they can just use you. And at the same time, we was built on loyalty in prison. See, that's the thing of it is, if I had $40, I'd get $10 of George, J.L., and blah, blah, blah. We all got $10 worth of food. You know what I'm saying? All built this loyalty with each other for so many years. And when you get out here and you actually, person asks you for $40, and you just like, man, I ain't got no before, but here, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Go on and give it to them. But then they'll come by, oh, this is a fool. Here, this is a trick-ass nigga. Go back, let's get it again. Let's get it again. Not give, don't know one that they're on the verge of making this person kill. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't understand it's certain buttons and certain things, man, about people like me, George, and a lot of the dudes, man. We have a lot of mercy for people. But the worst thing you can do to us is assault our intelligence and make us think we stupid. Because we ain't going to allow yeah. that. So once you, so you went to jail, David, you got to really in jail. If the dude sit down and apply yourself, you can come out of jail highly intelligent. Because you got people, you got known history figures that been in jail and came out over two countries. And they got like Fidel Castro, he was in jail. Adolf Hitler, he was in jail. Omar Gaddafi, he was in jail. The point I reason that jail, jail can bring out the worst thing or the best thing. It's how you apply yourself. No, nobody wants to be locked up. But I truly feel that if I was in, if I had been on the street all that time, I'd probably been deceased. State of mind I was in back then, jumping out of jewelry stores and robbing lounges. You know that stuff only lasts so long. All my friends did that I knew before I went to jail. Ain't none of them, ain't none of them living. I'm the only one still. still you know, living. lived all up. Yeah, so they probably that. kept. They kept living that fast life. Yeah, they kept yeah, they kept living that life. Yeah, that's like a when I made parole, before I before I made parole, the guards, the old guards told me that said, man, you're gonna never live to get out of prison. And all them did. Now I'm out of prison. <laughs> Shows you what's not only that, right? 
You know what I'm saying? Dave, something strange, yeah. something, something strange happened. When me and George, see, when me and George got a problem, when they gave us an out date, they gave me a 90-day out date when I went to see him. George had uh, six months. Yeah, some, yeah, they gave you yeah. six months out date. Okay, yeah, me and George yeah. was on the bus together. They took me and George on the bus together from Potosi, and they took us to Al Gore. And when them guards came back there and asked me to give my prison number and his prison number, the first thing they said was when he got on the walkie-talkie, hey, man, we got a problem here. Cut the caliber of dudes that was getting there. We was dudes that were supposed to never got out. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when we did reach them lower levels, they made a little huckery about it while we was on the bus. They were like, man, they didn't even want us there. They didn't want us there at all. You know? No, they and didn't want us there. Now they seen how old my number was. They panicked. One guard asked me, like, you got six numbers? Yeah, that's all I got. And, you know, the new prison numbers are seven. You know what I'm saying? And George only got, what, five numbers? Four? Five. He got five, five numbers. I got six. And when you heard numbers like that, and when we said our numbers, they were like, and you missing something? Oh, you missing something on your paper. We ain't missing nothing. And once right. they realized, they were like, oh, man, we got all. Oh. And that's what it was. And we got treated like that from the day we hit Al Gore until we were released. We got treated as though, man, we was, man, let's hear them dudes that, man, we don't. And that was some bottom line up. But what about your lower yeah. number would intimidate them? Because about they lower your number the longer you've been in prison. No, I get that long part. You been in no, I, I get they, that part. But what about it makes them afraid? You gotta, you gotta, because they know that your number shows that you've been to a real prison. See yeah. what I'm saying? That you you've been to a real prison back then. When I came to prison, Jefferson City, rest of MSP, they in '72, '73, they was averaging about nine murders a year. That's right out murder. They ain't counting the stabbing. They used to have a sign right outside of MSP when the bus pulled up. The sign used to read, leave all hopes and dreams behind. That, yeah, that, yeah. See, you see, you read the history of MSP. That was the most 48, the, the bloodiest, the name of the, the bloodiest 40 acres in the United States back then. That's how I many acres that prison sent on 40. You see, the most bloodiest 40 acres in the United States. So it was a, I yeah. came back when I came to prison, it was a, it was a doggy dog thing. You pray or be prayed. It was one of them. You no know, kill or be killed. It wasn't no, wasn't no fist fighting. And that's how it was. And that's how it was. That's how it was. And the thing of it is, when I came to prison in 1990, they still had that culture. It was Moorside Temple. You had Iron Brotherhood. These things still yeah. were going on for like 10 years when we reached prison. So we caught 10 years of the destruction that was going on in the 70s and 80s. That didn't leave out until like probably 2000 or 2001. 